0: Uh, let's stand together as we normally do And before we start anything Let's lift our hands and give thanks to the Lord Because even though things may not be going the way you want them to go You have something to be thankful to God for Maybe you're still waiting on an answer But you still can be thankful to the Lord this morning Hallelujah Hallelujah Because at the very least you're here And that's going to mean the most Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for the privilege of being in your presence once again. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you for what you're going to do today. We thank you for bringing us together, Lord. We love you so much. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. What a great God. You always start being thankful. I know sometimes... Things happen quick, and it's hard to say thank you, Lord, before you have to call his name. I get that. If you're about to run off a cliff, it's hard to say thank you for letting me drive today. But by the way, stop me from going off this cliff. You're going to... But when we gather together in his house, I always remind our, our church of the scriptures. As we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, you're not even making that first entry point without being thankful. So we need to be thankful for what God's already done. And uh, the doorway opens, enter into his courts with praise. And so if we're not being thankful and we're not praising him, we're not even in his zip code, man. We're not even on his property. We, we've, we've got to, uh, and it'd be a shame to be sitting in the middle of his house and not even be where he's at. <laughs> I want to be right in the middle of it. I want to see what God's going to do. We're so honored to have you all here with us today. Very honored to have Brother and Sister Green back with us today. Brother Green, come to minister this morning. No stranger in this house. This is home.
1: Praise the Lord. Amen. It's a thrill for me to be in this session. I. I'm getting the chance more and more often to teach, treach. You know, that's between teaching, and preaching, and treaching. And so uh very honored and excited to be here. Love your pastor and first lady. Love this church very much. And let me read what we'll be teaching, treaching, talking about here from Exodus chapter 14. And um this is what I would Share with you today as being what I see as the big picture. When we can take a step back from where we're at here in 2020 and everything that globally we have faced in our world in this year, and to see where we are in the spirit realm, where we are in the church realm, where we are in man's history, then then we can go forward with faith and confidence, knowing. We've got a surety that God's leading us, guiding us, and we've got a goal and a vision. So that's what I want to share with you today. Reading from Exodus 14, verse 9. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea, beside Hahiroth and before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. Very key, sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, as thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou, thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? Be better that we serve the Egyptians than that we die in the wilderness. Verse thirteen, and Moses said unto the people, "Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever." That's a powerful prophecy. Fourteen, the Lord shall fight for you; you shall hold your peace. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speaking to the children of Israel, that they go forward. Seemingly several different instructions that are spoken here, but I want to deal with fear not, stand still, and go forward. looks like a dichotomy or a contrast in directions, but this is perfect direction for where we are today. Fear not, stand still, go forward. God bless you, you may be seated. Probably most in the place are familiar with this story, this passage of scripture. This is, the children of Israel have now been in bondage for over 400 years. And now God has sent his servant Moses to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and is declaring, let my people go. And perhaps you know the story very well how that Pharaoh refuses to let the children of Israel free from the slavery of Egypt to go and become their own nation in what we now know would be Palestine area or Israel. And so the plagues begin to come one by one. And God brought a plague through the hand of Moses on the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh would say, okay, remove the plague, I'll let the people go. And then his heart would be hardened, he would change his mind, and he wouldn't let them go. So plague after plague comes, and each time Pharaoh hardens his heart and will not let them go, until finally the tenth plague, which is the death angel passes through all of Egypt, and those that had a blood of the Lamb, which represents the lamb of god that would come, die on calvary's hill, that blood's lamb was put over their doorpost, the death angel passed over them and those that did not have the blood applied to their lives and their homes, the death angel came and the firstborn died in that household. So now pharaoh finally is letting all of these egypt or these israelites go from egypt and this is where we pick up our story. And they have come out of Egypt with a high hand. The scripture lets us know that they didn't sneak out at night or slip away, but they came out with authority. That's what that means. With power, with anointing, with purpose. When God delivers us, this is how he wants us to be delivered. Not to sneak through a global pandemic, but to come out with authority and power and anointing and purpose and vision. So God also gives very specific direction in coming out of crisis or coming out of this particular situation in Egypt. I want you to go directly to the Red Sea. Specific directions. Position Baal-Zephon on one side and Pi-Hahirath on the other. So God has given them very specific directions on where to go once they are delivered. And when they get to that place, they realize Baal-Zephon, pi means winter destruction and high cliffs or gorge. So this gives us the picture that there's no going to the left. And there's no going to the right. But they're seemingly in a cul-de-sac, a dead end, because a barrier is in front of them, the Red Sea. And then when they realize that this barrier in front, can't go to the right, can't go to the left, they look behind them and the scripture says what they feared the most is what they saw. Pharaoh coming back after them with his horses, his army, his chariots, and everything he has. But this time it seems like the children of Israel believe he's just going to destroy them. Not take them back as slaves, but destroy them to die in the wilderness. And so they become sore, afraid. This is very key. It speaks more than having fear or anxiety. But this speaks of actually coming to a place where fear consumes you into it's a physical symptom. It is a, it is a, an emotional hurt. You're sore. You've come to a place that is more than just being afraid. But it's interesting to note here in this Exodus that Pharaoh hardened his heart for the first three or four plagues. But after that, the Scripture says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. The reason why is because God has proven himself against all the gods of Egypt. Egypt served a pantheon god structure. So they had all of these gods that they served. They worshipped the sun god. We know it by history as Ra, they called it. They worshipped the river Nile and called it a god. They they worshipped the weather as it were a god. They worshipped all these things. And so one by one, the plagues that God is bringing on Egypt is directly against the gods that they're serving. So there is darkness for one of the plagues because their sun God has to bow their knee to Jehovah God. The river Nile is bringing forth frogs and turning to blood because the river that they're worshiping bows its knees to Jehovah God. So one by one, God is proven to all of Egypt and to all of Israel, his people, that he is the true God. He is more powerful than any God this world has. Anything this world depends on, he is more powerful. It has to bend its knee. This is where we have been living in 2020. Because one by one, everything that we as Americans and we as humans on this globe have depended on has had to bow its knee. Well, our great ability to have health and the medical world is shrugging their shoulders. Or they're giving us an answer that they have to change in three or four days and another change in a week. And I I thank God for medicine in its proper place. Medical uh, smarts and genius in its proper place. But they have had to shrug their shoulders and say, we don't know. The gods of government that are greatly served in our nation are at a turmoil and there's no answer. And no matter who gets voted in in November's election, we're still going to have the same problem. They're going to struggle because they don't have the answers. Even our entertainment... That is the place and the source where people try to get their joy and their peace. You want to know where our gods are? Look where they provide for their health, provide for their finance, provide for their joy, their peace. This is where people's gods are. And the truth of the matter is our joy does not come from whether or not the dogs win. But our joy comes from God and we have joy whether they win or whether they lose. I know where I'm at. (laughs) And so, one by one, these gods have to bow their knee. This is happening now. Everyone is looking. What is still standing? What can you trust in? What can give you peace and joy? And God is the only thing in this nation right now in 2020 that can bring this to you. So... God has given specific directions and directing us as a church to a particular place. But it looks like barriers are in front of us. And when we look behind us, having been led of the Spirit to where we are, we look behind us and realize what we fear the most is chasing after us. The very things that have hounded us in the past, the things that have bound us in the past, what keeps holding us back, what we thought we was delivered from, what we thought we had gotten rid of, the overcoming power we believe we had, is still trying to chase us down in the middle of a place where God is distinguishing himself. And as they drew near, the people became sore afraid. This is also what we're seeing in our streets. I will admit today that there is some racism in America and there is racism all over the world from all different races of people. But the riots and the protesting we are seeing is not really motivated by racism. This is motivated by agendas of political parties and it is motivated mostly by fear. Fear. Because their gods that they depended on has had to bow its knees or flat on its face like the Ark of the Covenant and Dacon. Dacon, fat on its face. There is something that God has done in this year, in this time of human history that everything else has had to bow. And everyone that depended on their little god their gods that aren't gods are afraid. Fear. And every time there's that kind of fear, sore afraid, people do two things. They protest and riot against leadership and authorities in their life. This is what we're seeing across our nation, motivated by sore afraid. People that are so afraid that they don't know what to do. And so they're rebelling against authorities and rebelling against spiritual authorities like they did here with Moses. And so Moses hears the voice of the Lord and speaks to the people, Fear ye not. Because when you make choices out of fear, it's always going to be a rebellion. It's always going to be a moving away from God. Separate yourself from spiritual authority. Fear will always separate you because your choices take you away from the purpose and the will of God. So we cannot respond in fear in the middle of 2020. We cannot respond in fear. We should not respond in fear concerning going to church, fear concerning praise and worship, fear concerning fellowship. All of these are biblical things. And if we will trust in the Word of God, God will bring us through and have His perfect will. So fear not. The next thing He declares, part of our statement here is stand still. Stand still is not speaking in context here of, of don't go forward, don't go back, don't go to the right or left. But it's speaking about staying firm or standing still in your God. Standing still in your faith. Stand still in what brought you out of Egypt's bondage. Stand still in the miracles that you've seen against Egypt, how every God has bowed. Stand still in your trust in God, your faith in God, your trust and faith in your Moses, or your pastor, or your evangelist, your prophet, your leader. Stand still in the way and the direction, the word, the purpose of God. When you stand still, here is the prophecy that God is going to fight for you and the enemies that you have seen chase you down over and over. You're going to find a final victory over them and they will see you again no more forever. And God says unto Moses, tell the people, go forward. Problem with that is there's a barrier in going forward. Red Sea is in front of them. How are they to go forward? Absolutely, where we stand and where they stood, there has to be a supernatural move of God in order for us to go thro- th- forward into the place, through the barrier which God has called us to be in. In 1947, there was a boom of avionics, in particular here in the United States of America. We had just come out of the World War II, and World War II had brought tremendous advancements in aeronautics, and a lot of the fighting was done, dogfighting, airplane, airplane, pilot against pilot. And there were some of our pilots here in the United States of America that separated themselves in expertise and heroism one of them being Chuck Yeager or Charles Yeager. And after the war, now he is becoming one of our favorite test pilots because in the war there were rumors circulating that something that we had never been able to do, a barrier that we had never broke, some were saying they thought they had broke the sound barrier, that the planes were not fast enough to travel faster than the speed of sound, but some of them in a steep dive, trying to get away from a dogfight or something in battle, actually fought and discussed that they broke the sound barrier. So now the war's ended, test pilots are available, they decide that we will try to go where no man has ever gone before, we're going to break through this barrier of the speed of sound. So a vehicle was created, the Bell X-1. And this aircraft was designed specifically just to break the sound barrier. It could travel 764 miles per hour at sea level standard temperature, 640 miles per hour at 30,000 feet. But in particular for this test, it was going to travel at 40,000 feet, and it could travel 1,000 miles per hour. The plane, Bell X-1, only weighed 4,892 pounds. And the weight of the fuel that it would take for a short journey Just to take off, get to 40,000, accelerate to 1,000 miles per hour, and land the plane, 8,000 pounds. Almost... Twice the weight of fuel as what the plane weighed. And so now the day is finally at hand. All the tests, all the examinations have been done. Mr. Chuck Yeager has been chosen to fly this flight. And now we are ready to go. And Yeager is in the cockpit, takes off, and is up to 40,000 feet. And the fuel is quickly draining from the tank. And now he begins to accelerate toward that speed of sound. And as he gets close, they begin to speak to him on the radio. Tell us what you're experiencing, Mr. Yeager. What's it feel like? What's it sound like? Tell me what you're dealing with there. Nobody is doing this but you, so tell us what you're dealing with. And Mr. Yeager says, well, it sounds like every screw in this aircraft is coming unscrewed. I can hear the sound which sounds like rivets that are popping. Everything that has put this vehicle together sounds like it's coming apart. He said it is trembling and shaking so bad I think the wings might fall off at any moment. The pressure from the supersonic air against the wings in the front of the plane were causing such a heat that the cockpit was almost unbearable. And he's talking about everything that is going wrong, how it feels like it's falling apart, how it sounds like it's falling apart. And some began to tell him, Okay, Mr. Yeager, bring it back down. No sense in being crazy here. Let's just start over. Let's do more examinations, more tests. Let's get our engineers together, our aeronautics. Let's just start all over or let's examine this again. And Mr. Yeager said, no. This plane was built specifically for this purpose. Everything in my life has trained me for this moment all of my flying before the war, all of the dogfighting pilot in the war has trained me for this moment in time. And since this plane was built for this, and I am trained and prepared for this, we are going forward. And he begins to pull the accelerator and lurching forward past the speed of sound as the Bell X1. And at that moment on the ground, they heard an explosion. And some thought, yeah. Shouldn't have done that. They looked up to see parts of the plane and perhaps Mr. Yeager falling to the ground or thinking maybe the whole thing had disintegrated or gone back in time because that's what Superman does. (laughs) That somehow things that we weren't supposed to do go through a barrier had backfired on us but when they look up in the sky they don't see a broken plane they see that beautiful white cloud that the plane is coming through What you visible what you see when you break the sound barrier and on the other side of the sound barrier was the Bell X-1 and Chuck Yeager flying in perfect authority, perfect balance, perfect power and his voice is now coming over the radio and saying you would not believe that that just on this side of the barrier, everything that this plane was built to do, it is doing. There is peace. I don't hear the sound of screws coming undone. Rivets are not coming out. There is peace. There is power. There is tranquility. There is authority. This is exactly what this was prepared and trained for. This is the picture. Of where we are in Exodus 14 and where we are in 2020 today. Yes, there are barriers. And we need a supernatural move of God to help us break through the barriers. But on the other side of the barrier, I prophesy and speak to you today. There will be peace like never before. You'll have a greater authority than you've ever had. There's greater strength than you've ever received. I have been the privilege now to be a part of, I'm guessing, a dozen opening services. means that churches, almost every church that I know and been a part of has shut down for four weeks or more or less, March and April time, and then one by one according to what their governor, their state, their rules, etc., their pastor more particular felt then they began to open up their church services. And uh, I'll just throw this in. The Northeast is very restrictive still. So while we are finding liberties, and we're dealing with political pressures, but we're finding liberties in church here. Our brothers and sisters in Northeast, United States of America are struggling. And out West, they have shut all churches down. Recently, I've been out there and we've had parking lot services. And they're letting us do that because the government is getting straight money from that. You have to have permits in order to have certain loud sounds in the parking lot. So every week, the churches is having to pay the local authorities to have church in their own parking lots. And so it's a thing that the governments are allowing because of the money. But I want you to know that even if you're in a parking lot... People drive into your parking lot and listen to what you have to say. Yes, 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 yes. There's still miracle signs and wonders happening in parking lots in California. Holy Ghost is being poured out. When we were there, we saw it firsthand. Holy Ghost being poured out in parking lots as God is filling people with the Holy Ghost. So they are suffering, and our friends in South Africa and across the world are not having church services at all. In fact, They are allowed together only as much as 50 in any building. No one can speak. No one can dance. No one can shout. Only the person behind the podium can give a short speech, and he can pray a prayer. And those of you who have been to South Africa with us know how desperately tough that is that they can't dance and celebrate the presence of God and worship and lift their voice. And so those that have been privileged to minister to them are trying their best to send via cell phones and different things, and that's greatly appreciated. So in this time when churches are beginning to come back and open their services back up, the the thoughts and the expectation of most of the leaders, our pastors, our evangelists, etc., was that when we get a chance to come back to church, Katie, bar the door. We have missed the presence of God so much together. We've missed fellowship so much that we are going to forevermore have church. For the most part, it's not been that way. It's not. In fact, when church begins to open back up all across our nation, different times, different places, our people have some chosen not to come back yet. And I'm not preaching against that. You have to make your choice and decision. And some have come back with mask or without mask, with social distance or without social distance, and they have come back timid and afraid. My wife and I realized very quickly as we were continuing to have revival services during this shutdown in our home. People wanted video recorded messages or Zoom meetings or Facebook Live, different ways through the internet of me reaching all across the world. And we began to realize very quickly as we set up a temporary pulpit behind, uh, with a, the rock wall of the fireplace behind us and started preaching and ministering that, wait a minute, <laughs> this, this, this is not quite what we thought. And I heard so many preachers saying how much they hated preaching to an iPhone or a camera or whatever the case may be. And we struggle with the beginning of that. I began to realize this, that there were things that in our past I had depended on before COVID. I had depended very much on prayer rooms where I could get in church Before service started and get in a prayer room and find the voice and the thoughts and the intent and the emotions of what God was bringing to a church service, I'd I'd missed that. And so if I couldn't come to church for that to happen or be in my hotel where I could make that happen, then I had to find a place at my home for that to happen. I also realized that listening to music, like I might do throughout the week, that lifts and uplifts God is not enough if I'm going to have a church service in my home. I've got to have praise and worship. Not just songs. I've got to have praise and worship. So we begin to realize that it was more than that. I have to have an altar. But once the Word of God has come to my spirit and my heart, now I can let it saturate into my soul so the Word comes forth in me and I can live and be directed by the Word of God. Unfortunately, too many of our people did not realize this. And for three, four weeks and some much, much more, they've been treading water. The purpose of God was to take the authority we have in this auditorium and to put it in our living rooms and our dining rooms. You know when you come here that you all of a sudden have faith and not fear. Why? It's because praise is our weapons. And when we magnify God, we see how big He is and how small our problem is so we don't operate in fear, we operate in faith. And if you're not having a praise where you're clapping your hands and shouting unto the Lord, this is specific praises. Yada, zamar, halal praise. And if you are not distinctively doing what the word of God says, then you are missing a weapon that you can use as a child of God this is why our people are consumed with fear is because somehow we weren't in the auditorium to have that kind of praise and worship and we didn't realize God was trying to bring that authority and dominion into our homes most turned on the church service facebook live or whatever but few had church you sit there in your pajamas and nature popcorn and hershey bar Or you watched it while you were mowing the grass. I don't even know how you can do that. Sewing that shirt or washing the clothes. And we did it like we would watch a documentary or something. Instead of when we come here, we focus in. Our heart is ready. God has spoken to our pastor a word that we need today, a word that we need next week. And so we receive it as a word of God. Instead of marking off the box, we went to church online. And so the weapons of our warfare, we have laid them down when God wanted the same authority and power that you can find here where healings happen, where miracles happen, where joy comes, where peace happens to be in your home. He wanted our homes to be a place of authority. This is why I can see this so clearly. The last day prophecies of Daniel declared this, that in the last days there will be a people that do... Know their God. We always remember the last part. They shall be great and do exploits, but they're not going to be great and do exploits unless they know their God to a greater dimension and authority than what they did before. I want to know him in church, and I want to know him in my living room. I want to know him here at rack, and I want to know him in my car. Here's the difference between revival like we have traditionally had it, and I'm going to deal with this in the next session, and revival like God wants to bring us to now in the place where we are living. this barrier that we're coming through. Most of us bring people here to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, be baptized in Jesus' name, because this is where the power is. But if we would operate like God is leading us, we'd be praying them through in the... Canes. That just sounded good to me for some reason. I'm not sure what. Praying them through at the job, praying them through in the break room, praying them through in our homes, their homes. Because what is here would be with us there. People that do know their God. So when we see this laid out for us, the words that we need to hear is absolutely fear not. Because in the middle of this time, some things that we have gotten past and gotten under our feet have started chasing us again. Some of the things, and I'm talking to people, I'm not going to look at you as I say this because your faces are so clear right now. But some of the things you overcome weeks before, you've been battling them again in the middle of where we're at. Here's the prophecy you need to hear. Is these things that have troubled you for years, you can break through them under your feet and dead to you, where you will never have to battle them anymore. It will take a supernatural move of God because this is a barrier, and believe me, we've never been here before. Unprecedented times. But if we can realize where we're at in church history, human history, that God is doing a tremendous work right now. And it's not time to tread water and wait till things get back to the way they used to be. It's not time to take an excuse and extend a vacation from church. That is such a crazy idea the vacation from God and His Spirit and the weapons He gives you. I don't know what we're thinking. Right. But it's time to realize the opportunity God has given us yeah. is to take what happens right here with all the authority and power and move it into our homes. This is what happened over the last few months. Churches, all the churches that I know, scrambled to begin to put together some way to reach their people that are going to be sheltered in place. And they upgraded their Facebook Live, their Zoom meetings. They, they did all kinds of things with technology so that they could still preach either from home or here in a service with very few in the church or that type of situation to make sure people had opportunity to go to their YouTube uh, site or to go to Facebook Live or whatever it might be where they could hear the gospel preached from their pastor or other ministers. And we upgraded and we realized very quickly, we're not the only ones watching our stuff. And the numbers seem to be pretty crazy about what was watching. I don't know if you uh, follow general conference services But they are saying according to what the business world who looked at the data and declared is that over 65,000 people watched our general conference services. We've never had that type of flow in any kind of building for general conference. And yet the crowds began to gather. But if we would be smart and realize this is where our world is, If you're a parent here today and you've got a 16-year-old girl and she comes home to you and she says, you know what, I think Joey is so cool. And we're like, Joey, 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 who? Well, the generation before what we did is find out who his parents were, find out what their lifestyle was, how Joey was raised. The ideology of his family. All these things we would find out. But not today. Today you pick up your smartphone and you punch in joy. How do you spell that last name? <laughs> because you're going to go to social media to find out everything about this dude. What's he been posting in the last few years? What's he like? What he, all these things because that's how we find out about people. This is where we are living today. Because if someone is looking for a church that believes in healing, if they realize that there's no power in their church to put their family back together, there's no power to deliver their kids from drugs and alcohol, there's no power, they're looking for some place with power. And they're not going to be calling the neighbors or knocking on doors. They don't do that anymore. But if they're going to find out, they're going to go and they're going to search for a church that believes in healing. Search for a church that believes in the peace of God coming into our lives and marriages being restored. I've got a friend in California that is, I believe, way above the curve. And I've got four minutes. He's way above the curve, and he has, uh, by a busy street there in Southern California and on his sign outside of the church, he only puts the name of the church and his website. His website leads you to the Facebook Live, et cetera, et cetera. Almost every week, they have 10 to 12 first-time visitors. And he's been doing this for years. And I'm talking pre-COVID stuff. Understand, they're still shut down. So pre-COVID, they'd have 10, 12 visitors every week. And he would go up to introduce himself to tell them, hey, I'm Pastor so-and-so. And And they're like, oh, I know who you are, Pastor. Pastor. Well, I thought this was the first time here. Yes, it is. But we've been watching you online for two months. We love that message you preached two weeks ago about this. And man, when that choir sings, I can feel something. And they have been checking us out. You don't have to be intimidated or shy when people come to our church services. Believe me, they've already checked you out. And they're not looking for something non-offensive. They're looking for something powerful and something with authority and something with anointing. The barriers... That have kept us from the last day harvest and revival. God is breaking us through them. And now we can reach people in China. The other day I had a Zoom meeting with people in China, Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, all over Asia. We're listening to the word of God as I was speaking to them. We have access to the entire world. We can reach the whole world with the gospel. And wherever there's a group of believers, they will join themselves. to of believers, it's time. It's time we break through into the media, social media and other medias and let the world see who we are. It is time that we go forward in these areas. We have to go forward in prayer. It's not time to back up or take a vacation or tread water until everything gets smooth again and there's a vaccine or whatever we're waiting on. It's time to have prayer like apostolics know how to have prayer. We have got to go forward into our prayer lives. It's time to find times of fasting and to separate ourselves from the things of the flesh and begin to focus on things of the spirit. We need to go forward in the midst of this. It's time to go forward with our praise and our worship. And even if we can't come to this beautiful auditorium, we've got to have praise in our home. We've got to have worship in our dining room. We've got to have praise and worship in our living room. I think it's okay to have more than just thank you, Lord, for the food. I think it's all right to have a little praise and worship at the restaurant. We've got to go forward in our praise and worship, forward in our prayer. We've got to go forward in the word of God. That means no more documentaries that you turn on and check the list. But when that word comes to you from your pastor, your Moses, you've got to receive that as a fresh bread from the throne. Whether online or in the auditorium. We've got to go forward in our altar you got to make your home an altar, a place where you can receive the Word of God and get it in your heart and your spirit. Turn around on your sofa, put your knees on your floor and your face in the folds of the pillows and begin to tell God what you're speaking to me. I want my heart, my mind, my spirit. We're living at a time of destiny. And I'm going to deal with this a little more in the next session. A time of destiny and purpose for the world, yes, but even more so for the church. And the answer is, don't be afraid. Don't don't be afraid. Because fear is going to cause you to make the wrong choices. It's going to cause you to get mad at authorities and spiritual authorities and God. So don't be afraid. Stand still in what brought you here. You've got the truth of the word. You've got the power of the spirit. God brought you here. And you've got to go forward in your praise and worship. Go forward in your witness, your testimony. Go forward in your own altar service. I leave you with this thought. The church was made specifically for this moment. God built the church at the very gates of hell. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. The church is going to be powerful in the midst of any circumstance, any situation. In fact, the church shines when the world is in trouble. So as God has taken the church and putting it on a heel right now, shine. Shine. Worship, prayer, pursuit of God, personal testimony, all these things. And not only that, You have been prepared specifically for this moment in time. Every lion in your past, every every bear that you have defeated by the power of God in your past has prepared you for the Philistine that you're fighting now. All of your faith walk, all of your worship walk, everything that you are as a child of God has brought you to this place where you're at right now. So since the church was built specifically for this time, and since you were prepared specifically for this moment, don't be afraid. Go forward and stand still in your trust of God. Would you stand just all over the place? Let me pray for you as we're transitioning. This word, God. More than a sermon, more than a message, but a word from you, Lord. Let it inundate my mind, my spirit, my heart. Let it give me clear direction to move forward, to go forward, to have the power and the strength of God. In Jesus name. If you got the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit. Be bold. Let the Holy Ghost power be felt in this place as you tap into your power by praying the Holy Ghost. Ito.
0: the Word of the Lord today. Praise God. I'll invite you, you know, we'll start up at 12 for the next service. I invite you to find a place around the altar to come and pray. If you need to run, get water or restroom, do that real quickly. And then come back and, and let's pray and get ready to, to break through some of those barriers. Uh, Lord, I'm going to do everything I can in this service uh, to be an instrument, to be used by you, Lord. I want to see your glory in this house today. I want to see signs of wonders and miracles. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Green. Wonderful word. Let's get ready for the next service. Find a place now. Pray around the altar. Let's get ready for a move of the Holy Ghost.